and welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hey. It's a beautiful snowy day out today. Oh, yes. And Western co- New York. Oh, does beautiful. snow better very than well. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's so Christmassy right now. That um, my heart grew through three sizes on my way over here. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. And it was also bitter, bitter cold. So uh, <laughs> speaking of the cold. Yes. Your favorite, um, your favorite sport. Oh, yes. So yes. I finally got a text from my dad when he was listening to your episode the other day about <laughs> that hockey game mm-hmm. where. Uh, Clint Mallerchuk. Yes. Yeah. So hold on. Let me get to dad's text messages. Yeah. So background, if you missed that. Mm-hmm. Um I did a, a trivia question where I asked um, what horrific on-ice injury um, Sabres goaltender Clint Malarchuk suffered while playing in a game. And the answer was he was nigh beheaded by someone's <laughs> skate blade in front of everyone. So uh, he was listening to our podcast and he <laughs> sent me text messages in real time. He didn't even oh, wait until the, the episode was over. First thing he said was, it's pronounced Malarchuk. <laughs> And then he said, Noted, Dave yeah, Tag. Yeah. And he goes, and yes, I was watching it. They didn't show the blood on the ice. And he said, they turned the cameras away almost immediately. So you really didn't know what was going on. Just saw Malarchuk grab his throat. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they knew. But oh, the yeah. people watching knew. Yes. They knew something had happened. I mean, they must have seen it actually like the blade like drag across the poor man's oh. jugular. But you didn't see like blood spurting yeah. out like in a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then he wrote, and then like five minutes later, he wrote, yeah, Disco Night. Remember that too. Good idea. Poor execution. <laughs> so Dave Tag definitely good. Just, had some. Uh, 70s and 80s sporting events. We're going to do a whole episode just on that. Yeah. Just for your dad. And Lauren. I just, yeah. And I just in real time text my dad and get real time <laughs> responses from him. He really loves his favorite emoji. He's been just getting into emojis. His favorite emoji is the drooling emoji. Oh, I like, thought- like you are supposed to use it when you're like i'm making steak for dinner yeah that's like but i think he uses it most often in like a dumb context like (laughs) i did something stupid but it's so weird and gross that every time he does it i'm like dad that's gross but i don't think he he gets it i think you should give him a, a a better suggestion yeah emoji yeah like, like, use this instead let's use this one how about this one or you know what use your words you know, <laughs> so so that's my update. Thank you, Dave Thank Tag, you. for uh, giving us an insider, real time in- information about what happened with Malarch. Yeah, and for the yeah for the um actually about <laughs> well about the sock. Yeah, I mean that's he's fine. A, he wasn't my guy. I, yeah, know. yeah, no, it's fine. He's Thank a buffalo. We, it, we're always learning. <laughs> that's it. That's what misinformation's about. So and, yeah, uh, and uh, so speaking of uh, people who've gotten gravely injured but survived their injuries. Mm. Um, that's a great transition for me today. Perfect. So, um, in the past, I know that I have maybe brought up um, Harry Potter once or twice, and mm. Lauren is just clueless, very much, but adamantly has not read anything, <laughs> has no idea what we're talking about when Wait. it comes to that. Now, before you start besmeagering my name across <laughs> all the airwaves, it's not that I've I have actively avoided reading or seeing the movies. Mm-hmm. It's just that I've never gotten around to it. Okay. I am, I am, I love books. You're willing. I am willing, just not able. 
right now. <laughs> well, and I, I believe I would love it because I'm a sci-fi fan. I'm like a fantasy yeah. fan. I love Lord of the Rings. I can't imagine I wouldn't love it. I just never got around to it. And so I have adopted an air of willful ignorance where I'm like, <laughs> now what's a moogle? Is that how you pronounce it? Moogle? And people get so mad at me. So because I'm yes. a contrarian, that's one of my favorite pastimes. Oh. But I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah. So yes, inspired by Lauren's um, <laughs> Lauren's lack of Harry Potter world knowledge. Yes. Um, I've decided to dedicate the next, I don't know, 40 minutes to... 40 to 80 minutes. Great. I don't know. We, who knows how long this will go. <laughs> Sorry. Be a strap in everyone um, to um, uh, basically teaching you everything you need to know about Harry Potter. Oh, awesome. Here we go. This is Harry Potter for muggles. All right. So, so I'm a muggle or a moogle. Uh, <laughs> I'm a muggle. Okay. <laughs> so a muggle is a mm. non-magical person. Okay. That's just the, the term for non-magical people. Is it a racist term? No. Would we no. be offended by it? Okay. No, not at all. Okay, great. Um, okay. So this is this is basics Harry Potter. Um, I'm going to first, I'm going to cover all the books. Okay. I'm going to tell you what each title means. I'm going to tell you a summary of what happens in the book. I'll cover some of the... Uh, most important characters and then i'll do a couple interstitials here and there with um some specialized knowledge okay great so i'm liking this i hope i hope you're ready i'm taking notes okay book one harry potter and the philosopher's stone okay it was released in 1997 in the united kingdom it was released in the united states a year later 1998 as harry potter and the sorcerer's stone because the publishers in america were not sure that uh, American children would know what a philosopher's stone was. Uh, okay. That's kind of snooty of them, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be the first time? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so book, book one. Book one. We meet young Harry Potter. He's an orphan who lives in a cupboard under the stairs at his aunt and uncle's house on Privet Drive. Mm. He lives with his um, uncle Vernon, his aunt Petunia, and his cousin Dudley Dursley. And Dudley is the same age as Harry. Okay. And he gets everything that he wants and super spoiled. And Harry gets hand-me-downs and lives under the stairs and does all the chores. That's terrible. I know, right? Jeez. So um, Harry's basically treated like a second-class citizen there. On his 11th birthday, Harry receives a letter of acceptance into the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. It it is delivered in person by a half-giant named Rubius Hagrid. What? He's a half giant? He's a half giant. So half Turns of his body. Out, okay. Well, okay. So his mother was a giant and his mm. father was a human. Sure. And Ooh, you don't get a ton. Of, yeah. You don't that get seems- a ton of breed. Like, I don't know. That they, difficult. There's a lot of sure. um, uh, controversy Suspe- in the wizarding world about breeding. Oh. Uh, breeding across Ew. like species kind of. Okay. So um, anyway, Hagrid is a half giant he just looks like a very large man okay. like he's probably like eight or nine feet is this tall. the one who's like you're a wizard diary yes okay yeah and that's exactly what he <laughs> See, I, <laughs> I have got the references some yeah. some osmosis some cultural yes. osmosis yes so um hagrid explains harry's hidden past um to him on his mm-hmm. 11th birthday he is the wizard son of james and lily potter who are a wizard and a witch um and they were murdered by the most <gasps> evil and powerful dark wizard in history named lord voldemort voldemort or he who must not be named because there are people out there who are 
too afraid to even speak his, his name. name. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, Harry is surprised to discover that he is famous among witches and wizards who refer to him as the boy who lived. And we'll get to why. Ooh, I just got a chill. <laughs> Close <laughs> so, the window. So um, uh, in this, you know, in his world, non-magical people are called muggles. Just to, Great. you know, there's your note. So his, basically his aunt and uncle and cousin are muggles. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry goes to Hogwarts and he is sorted into the Gryffindor house. Yes. And he makes two good friends, Ron Weasley, who is one of many Weasleys, which is another magical family, and Hermione Granger, who mm. is a witch whose parents are non-magical. The title of this book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. So Philosopher's Stone is a magical stone that grants its user immortality and the power of alchemy. Cool. So um, Harry and his friends discover that the stone has actually been at Hogwarts being guarded by a three headed giant monster dog. Like and the they, Cerebus. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. All Except right. his, this one's name is Fluffy. Oh, um, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'd name my Cerebus Fluffy too. It's an yes. ironic name. Yes. Um, they realize that Lord Voldemort is back and mm. might be trying to get to the stone. What with the like immortality. Sure, and sure. Um, and when headmaster Albus Dumbledore is lured away from the school, oh, no. Harry, Hermione, and Ron go to check on the stone and they encounter a series of obstacles, each of which requires unique skills possessed by one of the three. <gasps> so it's a little bit, okay, so what I'm getting so far is that it's very, it's kind of rolled doll. It's kind of, biblical like one chosen one type Mm. thing and it's also very like greek mythology there's a lot of mythology that that comes into play uh, okay for sure i'm into all of this yeah okay great um so in the final room of this obstacle course Mm -hmm. harry discovers that the professor of the defense against the dark arts professor cruel is partly possessed by (gasps) voldemort he's actually wearing a turban and the back of his head is actually Voldemort's oh, face. I, it is okay. very gross. I have seen this where mm-hmm. his like he's got like a big old ugly noseless face on the yes. back. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. This is uh, not for kids. This shouldn't be for kids. <laughs> <laughs> As Quirrell attempts to seize the stone and kill Harry, mm. his flesh burns on <gasps> contact with the boy's skin and Quirrell burns alive. Wow. Dumbledore later explains Harry's survival against Voldemort to be owned to his mother's sacrifice for him to live, leaving a powerful protective charm on Harry that lives in his blood. So this is the over one of the themes that you're gonna get hammered over and over throughout Harry's Harry Potter is that love is like one of the most powerful things Aww, in the world. That's yeah. sweet. Um, Harry returns home to his aunt and uncle's house for the summer. Um, that that's most of the book. The there is a couple more important things to note. Um, so the potions teacher, whose name is Severus Snape, is the head of Slytherin House, and he seems to dislike Harry very much. And then there is another Slytherin student, Draco Malfoy, who kind of becomes Harry's enemy at the school. Okay, so Snape was played, may he rest, yes, by Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman mm-hmm. with the beautiful, rich voice and the Harry Potter. <laughs> And his beautiful aquiline nose. Yes. Um, so okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm getting I'm seeing the yes. movie. Yes. In my brain. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch too much on the movies today. That's just totally fine. There are I mean like while a lot of the movie stuff sticks to the to the stories very well, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of it has its own lore. Yeah. That, and yeah. that side. So, um, time for a history lesson. Ooh. Okay. The four houses of Hogwarts. Okay. So students are um, put into um, their house at Hogwarts via the sorting hat, which is a sentient hat that magically determines which of the four houses each new student belongs to. A hat with a mouth? Does it have eyes? 
Uh, yeah. Well, like. Um, so it just like feels their head. Yeah. They put it on its head and it kind of talks to the person and it either knows like right away or it has like a little discussion to figure out like what your best qualities are and where you might fit in. Okay. Yeah. It, it, at the beginning of every school year, it like sings a song, a grave song about the history of Hogwarts. And it is this a baseball head or? Oh, it's uh, it's kind of like a big old witch's hat. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, when you see it in the movies, which again, I wasn't going to talk about too much, but okay. uh, when you see it in the movies, it is kind of like a a big, uh, fluffy fabric hat. So like a beat up wizard's hat yes. kind of thing. Okay, mm-hmm, definitely. All right. Yeah, so the four houses. You got Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. This was founded by Godric Gryffindor. And character traits of students sorted into Gryffindor include courage, chivalry, and determination. So boring people. <laughs> I think people Sorry. tend to think that the bravest people are Oh, okay, okay. Um, and the emblematic animal is a lion, and mm. the colors are scarlet and gold. Okay, I have okay. seen this, I think. Yes. Uh, Ravenclaw, next, uh, is founded by Rowena Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Members of this house are characterized by their wit, learning, and wisdom. Okay, I mean And that. its house colors are blue and bronze, Ooh. and its symbol is an eagle, not a raven. That doesn't an make any eagle. sense. I don't know. Okay. So. I'm kind of into Ravenclaw so Yeah, far. Um, I think a lot of people who are into trivia are Ravenclaws yeah. anyway. Okay, great. What with the wit and learning and wisdom yeah, and all. Hell yeah. Uh, then you got Hufflepuff. So that was founded by Helga Hufflepuff. Um, Hufflepuff is the most inclusive among the four houses. It values hard work, dedication, patience, loyalty, and fair play rather than a particular aptitude among its members. Okay. And the emblematic animal is a badger. And yellow and black are its colors. Okay. And then finally you have Slytherin, which was founded by Salazar Slytherin. Uh, The Sorting Hat um, is instructed then to select students who have a few particular characteristics that Slytherin valued, including cunning, resourcefulness, and ambition. And the emblematic animal of the house is a snake, and its colors are green and silver. So um, I had always assumed, again, through cultural osmosis, because I never Mm -hmm. read the books or watched the movies, that Slytherin was like the evil Yeah. One, but I I hear more recently because of my Twitter friends, yeah, who are super Potterheads, that Slytherin is not necessarily evil. They just have of all of the four, they have <laughs> they've the just kind of had like tendency. the worst turnout. <laughs> yeah, and I learned this after I was like, you know what, Jewel, I think I'm Ravenclaw, and you were like, actually, I think you're Slytherin, and I was like, how dare you? <laughs> But you're like, no, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Um, and I feel like I've seen memes online that are funny because they they take, um, you know, each of the major characteristics of these houses and they're like, we've decided that you can sort students into four types. Brave, smart, evil, and miscellaneous. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Hufflepuff yeah. is miscellaneous. Hufflepuff is the catch-all. Yeah. But, you know, sure. everybody everybody's great. Well, everyone contains multitudes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple more tidbits about Hogwarts which I'm sure you have seen is this big giant castle Mm -hmm. and you know it's a it's a big school and and everything Um, the Hogwarts school motto is Draco Dormiens Nunquam Titillandis which is Latin for never tickle a sleeping dragon that's their that's That's their their motto their school motto never tickle a sleeping dragon the word tickle is in their motto yeah it's very okay Um, and in the Hogwarts school um, students get grades Mm -hmm. uh uh, good grades include outstanding, exceeds expectations, and acceptable. And failing grades include poor, dreadful, and troll. <laughs> so you do not want to get a T. No. That is not good. That is rough. <laughs> troll. <laughs> Ugh. 
All right, book number two, mm-hmm. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It was released in the UK in 1998 and the US in 1999. So the plot follows Harry's second year at Hogwarts, during which a series of messages on the walls of the school's corridors warn that the Chamber of Secrets has been opened and that the heir of Slytherin would kill all pupils who do not come from all magical families. Ooh, oh, so no. this is when we first kind of learn about how... Um, Especially with with Voldemort, he really only wanted purebred wizards. Uh-oh. So, like both of their parents, yeah, have magical, magical blood. Um, somebody they have a derogatory term for people who, you know, if they have one non magical parent and one magical parent, they're called half bloods. Okay, and if um, a a witch or a wizard is born to two muggle parents mm-hmm. the derogatory term for that is mud blood that's very bad <gasps> if somebody calls somebody you know what that does blood. sound bad so um hermione is technically she is a she is a witch and her parents are both muggles so mm. that is a common um slur that you'll see and thrown at her throughout the oh, books too. interesting so um so yes yeah, so the heir of slytherin is going to kill pupils who are not from all magical oh, families. Oh no! Oh no! Exactly. So um, these threats are found after attacks, which leave um, some of the school's residents petrified, meaning they're frozen like stone. So people would just oh like God. suddenly come across a student who had been petrified in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the year, Harry and Ron and Hermione investigate the attacks. There is a ghost that haunts one of the bathrooms, Moaning Myrtle, um, who provides a new clue in the form of a diary deposited in her stall. This is a diary that belonged to Tom Riddle, a student who knew about the Chamber of Secrets, having been witness to a fellow student's death there 50 years ago. Okay. 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 So, uh, it's kind of like a ghost diary. Okay. So, here's this diary ghost from diary. Tom Riddle. And when you open it up, like Tom's words appear on the page to you. Oh, like he's writing it. Yes. Okay. And But it was 50 years ago. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm seeing it. Um, so the culprit he reveals to Harry in the diary was none other than Harry's good friend, Hagrid. Oh, no, oh, no. not Hagrid. So Hermione is actually attacked next. She's petrified, not killed. And the school is put on lockdown. And Dumbledore and Hagrid are forced to leave the premises. So the Chamber of Secrets turns out to be a chamber under the castle where a basilisk has been living all these years. Oh. So a basilisk is a giant serpent bred by dark wizards. Yes. And looking a basilisk directly in the eye will immediately kill the victim. But in direct contact will merely render them petrified. So um, Hmm. although no one is dead because of various devices through which they indirectly saw the monster. So there's like one student who um, actually was looking through a camera and then they saw the basilisks. So they were petrified. Um, There's another one that was walking down the hallway and a ghost walked by and they actually saw um, the basilisk through the ghost. So it wasn't it wasn't like a direct. Okay. Question about the ghost. Sorry. There's ghosts. So the ghosts are they just like 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 you would treat them like janitors like hey bill you know or is it is it like a nuisance like rats where you're like oh, um, another ghost so they're each of the houses of hogwarts has its own ghost oh, and man. um a couple of them come into play later in the series as okay. being very important um there is a poltergeist at the school named peeves and he is a real a-hole like well he, yeah he's a poltergeist yeah. yeah so he runs around and he's always like throwing dung bombs and like ew uh pushing things over and so peeves, what peeves, the hell? Is, peeves is a butthead well but, his yeah. name is peeves yeah yeah um so a lot of students and other residents of the school of the school have been petrified but not okay. killed um so harry goes into the chamber of secrets where sure. he finds a shadowy ghostly tom riddle <gasps> okay so you're like 
you're like, dude, we have your diary from 50 years ago. Yeah. Why are you here? Um, he explains that he is not only the heir of Slytherin, but he grew up to be Voldemort himself. <gasps> what? Yeah. This is in the second book? Second book. Oh my gosh. So we know who, we are learning more and more about uh, Voldemort. Voldemort. Okay. Um, so uh, Tom Riddle, the ghost of Tom Riddle kind of, well, it's not the ghost of him. It's like a... Eh, it's hard to describe. It's all right. It's like a shadowy Tom Riddle. Okay. Sets the basilisk upon Harry, but Harry defeats the monster. Good. Don't worry. He has the help of Dumbledore's pet phoenix named Fox. And he, Fox, like F-A-W-K-E-S, like Guy Fox. Oh, okay. That's the name of That's interesting. Dumbledore's phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also uses the sword of Gryffindor to destroy the diary, which helps make Tom Riddle disappear. Okay. Okay. Um, Tom Riddle's name is... Tom Marvolo Riddle, which is an anagram, becomes I am Lord Voldemort. Are you serious? Yeah. Is this something that's known like in the the Potter universe? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Like, well, they, you know, they find this. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. right. And it's funny because in some of the other foreign language translations of it, Mm -hmm. they had have had to like adjust what his middle name really is in order to like make the anagram thing really work out. It's kind of funny that way. Um, So that's, that was book two. Great. That's what you need to know. Okay. Um, Time for, time for transportation class. We're going to talk about methods of travel in the wizarding world. I imagine. Sorry. I I just shoehorn this in. No, it's okay. Uh, (laughs) So uh, flying. This includes a broomstick. Sure. uh, Flying carpets. Yeah, flying cars, flying motorcycles. So those are usually things that have been bewitched by I, um, I can by imagine, people yeah. to to fly. Hagrid has a flying motorcycle. Um, <laughs> he would, yeah. <laughs> also, um, a creature called a thestral, which we will talk about in a little bit. Okay. Um, there is a thing called a port key. So a port key is an item that has been like enchanted. You touch this item when it at a certain time and um it will bring you to a specific place site so, so like a portal yeah yes like a rip in time or exactly whatever. okay uh then you have apparition which is like teleportation oh, that's okay. really good and underage wizards are not allowed to do it you need to like pass an exam it's a big big deal um and also some people f- are are not good at it and if you don't if you aren't able to fully apparate into uh-huh. a place you risk splinching yourself splinching yeah that sounds painful. that means like a bit of you didn't apparate <gasps> correctly so like you couldn't you might like miss you might like lose an ear or a oh. nose or a finger or something oh. yeah and they gotta do all kinds of magic to to put you back together so this it's bad it's bad splinching's bad this world is complicated it is. yes it is and i i mean like i probably started reading them around when book four came out, that's when I like reread. Mm-hmm. That's when I read one through three because my brother had them. And then I go, mm-hmm. like got book four at the bookstore and then I was hooked. I don't know how confused I was when I really, yeah. <laughs> when I read these to begin with, but it's, it's funny how the knowledge just kind of builds throughout the, yeah, throughout yeah. the series. I can see that. Um, a couple other methods of transportation in the wizarding oh, world, oh um, ground travel. Sure. You can take the night bus spelled K N I G H T. It's sure. a bus that comes and rescues wizards in, um, in distress. That's kind of cute. Um, there's the Hogwarts express. Obviously that's the train, train that takes people from, um, King's cross station in London to the nine and three quarters yeah, platform nine and three quarters. There we go. You know, way more I than know. I was giving you credit well, for. As you know, I used to work at a little bookstore that you may have a heard little. of that <laughs> rhymes with schmarns and bobble <laughs> and so i had to be a part of those as those you events. know the yeah. midnight magic parties yep. so 
And then the Ministry of Magic also has mm-hmm. cars that they can send to places too. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. Um, last one I want to talk about the Flu Network, F L O O, the okay. Flu Network. It's a system of traveling through a network of connected fireplaces. So you have this like <laughs> dust, you have flu oh, powder, and you go to your you go to your fireplace, and okay. if you want to go somewhere that is also connected to the network, you throw your flu powder in, and you just. That's very just Santa hop Claus. on in the fireplace. Okay. There's a lot of like getting into things that you shouldn't be able to get into okay. in the in the wizarding world. Like, right. uh, I know there's one way to get into the Ministry of Magic that you kind of like flush yourself down a down a public toilet oh. into the building. But like, you're not like really going well, no, down the pipes. Not, and, but it's yeah, it's it's uh, kind of weird. Okay, it's lots of enchantments throughout. So, all right, book three, mm-hmm. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. This is 1999. Uh, So Harry's third year at Hogwarts. There has been an escape from the wizard prison, Azkaban. Oh, no. Sirius Black, who is believed to be one of Lord Voldemort's old allies. Also, everyone thinks he's coming to kill Harry. What? Because the rumor is that Sirius Black is the one who told Voldemort where to find Harry's parents, resulting in their deaths and the deaths of many muggles. Okay. Another of Harry's dad's old friends, Remus Lupin, is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher this year. Turns out he's a werewolf. Is there is that like a common thing? Are there werewolves no, in this world? Not not many that are able to integrate into society. Interesting. The werewolves are usually like off. They're on their own on in, the outskirts. Yes, they're okay. they're very fringe creatures. Okay. Um, while in school, so this is, um, you know, thirty years ago or something like sure. that. So while they were in school, Lupin's three best friends were James Potter, Sirius Black, and a guy named Peter Pettigrew. Um, they all learned how to morph into animals to keep Lupin under control when he transformed into a wolf. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So Sirius Black escaped Azkaban in animal form as a large black dog. Okay. Yeah, that'll do it. Which um, people throughout the series, through, oh, sorry, throughout this book um, say that when you spot this large shaggy black dog, it's called a grim G R I M M. And okay. it's a, and it's an omen a bear, like something bad is going to happen. Okay. So throughout the book, people actually see this big shaggy dog and they think it is a bad omen, but it turns out it's actually serious black him. in dog form. Huh? Okay. So oh, they man. go to, okay, man. there's sorry. Uh, people who are like real Potterheads are just probably, they've already turned this podcast off. They it's don't want to. Well, they can skip to the end, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you're doing a quiz. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Lupin explains to everybody that Ron's pet rat named Scabbers is actually Peter Pettigrew in animal form. What? He had been in hiding from Sirius Black, who he actually framed for the murders. So it turns out that Peter Pettigrew is actually the one who betrayed <gasps> everybody told Lord Voldemort where to find Harry's parents and had oh them God. killed and also um, was, you know, responsible for the deaths of many muggles. Too. Oh, my God. So Peter Pettigrew, bad guy. Turns out he's been disguising himself as a rat and living at Ron Weasley's house for the last, like, however long, 11 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know the rats lived that long. Well, I guess people turned into rats. Live, yeah, like and that a was another thing. Is they were like, yeah, this rat's been in our family for, for ages. He probably should be dead by now, but, you know. He's actually just some weirdo. Turns out it's a guy. Yep. Oh, my gosh. All right. Geography class. Here are some places in the Harry Potter universe. Okay. So we have Diagon Alley. Okay. D-I-A-G-O-N Alley. Wait, I have heard of this only because mm-hmm. of the Wizarding World yes. of Harry Potter yeah. in 
Orlando? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So Diagon Alley is a cobblestone wizarding alley and shopping area located in London, England, behind a pub called the Leaky Cauldron. Inside the alley is a, an assortment of restaurants, shops, and other sites, including the wizarding bank Gringotts. Mm. All items on the Hogwarts supply list can be bought in Diagon Alley, and the alley is completely hidden from the muggle world, which is right outside of its boundaries. Mm. It is very large and essentially the center of wizarding London. Okay. On the flip side, you have Nocturne Alley. That's K-N-O-C-K-T-U-R-N. Cute. Nocturnally. Um, it is a shopping area off of Diagon Alley in London and is filled with numerous shops devoted to the dark arts, including <gasps> a shop called Borgen and Burks, which specializes in objects that have curious and strong magical properties. And typically, unusual, dangerous, and scary people are there. So you don't want to like wander off from your family in Diagon Alley and end up in yeah. Nocturne Alley. Okay, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, dark magic mm-hmm. in this world. Yes. Is dark magic like illegal, like the dark web or is it just like a, a part of like the magic spectrum that's just kind of accepted, but is not um, a lot of what dark wizards do is illegal. Okay. So they have, you know, they've come to an agreement over the years, you know, in like the 16th century, sure. they came up with all these like statutes and mm-hmm. um, things that are legal and things that are illegal. And we'll get to some of those um, illegal things okay. later on. But typically um, dark, dark wizards are doing illegal things. Sure. Okay. All right. Good mm-hmm. to know. Thank you. Oh yes. Of course. <laughs> uh, Hogsmeade is located on the outskirts of Hogwarts School. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the only all-wizarding village in Britain. So it's a picturesque little village of cottages and shops with, it has enchanted candles hanging in the trees during the holidays. Um, And it is near the location of the train station that's used by the Hogwarts Express. So students at a certain, you know, at a certain point in their schooling, they are able to get like a permission slip signed by a parent or guardian to let them to leave the school on designated weekends to go into Hogsmeade. So it's kind of nice. Oh, that's nice. Okay, Azkaban, which we uh, mentioned briefly, it is a fortress on an island in the middle of the North Sea, and it serves the magical humanity of Great Britain as a prison for convicted criminals, and mm-hmm. it is guarded by the Dementors. So okay, Dementors I have heard of these. are gliding, wraith-like dark creatures, widely considered to be one of the foulest to inhabit the world. Dementors feed on human happiness and thus generate feelings of depression and despair in any person in close proximity to them. And they um, can also consume a person's soul leaving their victims Jeez. in a permanent vegetative state oh my god so adventures so yeah. they're they're like the ring wraiths in lord of the rings yes exactly done yeah there's a lot um there's a lot in the harry potter world that if you've also read lord of the rings yeah you're getting a lot of like hey this is just Sim- kinda, familiar this is really similar um well there was like um uh you know c.s lewis and J.R.L. tolkien mm-hmm. and a third guy that i can't remember they were all in like they were called the ink oh man the ink wells the ink pins ink pins it's not ink pins they weren't inklings they were called the inklings i think all right, I'm going to look it up eventually and I will let you know at the end of this episode. But um, they had like a little group where they would read each other their stuff because they mm-hmm. were three in intellectuals. They worked, they were academics, but they also wrote a lot of um, fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so their other, their their contemporaries, their academic contemporaries were like, please stop writing about elves and witches. <laughs> this is really dumb. Like you're embarrassing me. So they would get together at their pub and they would drink and they would mm-hmm. read their stuff to each other. So there seems to be like a a natural 
like literature history of England being like the hub of this kind of like very intricate fantasy world building. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. All right. Keep keep talking. Um, The other place that I want you to know about is called the Forbidden Forest. Okay. So it borders the edges of the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry Grounds. It's a very old place that holds many secrets and houses many creatures, some dark and dangerous, others friendly. The trees in the forest are considered ancient. They are dense and rough looking from years of exposure to the elements. And as the forest name suggests, it is strictly off limits to students, except in the case of detention or care of magical creatures lessons that occasionally take place there. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right, so it's it's some place that they go it's to out, on occasion. If you go there, you are out of bounds. Ooh. You should not be in the Forbidden Forest. I see, okay. Because it is forbidden. Okay. As it said in the name. Forbidden Forest. Forbidden Forest. Okay. Great. All right, uh, book four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. This is the year, comes out in the year 2000 in both you know, both yeah. U.S. and U.K. Um, this is Harry's fourth year at Hogwarts. And as part of a tradition, the Triwizard Tournament takes place at Hogwarts that year. There's a student named from each of the three main wizarding schools, which you didn't know there were more than one, did what? you? But yeah, there are. Um, so Beaubaton Academy from France. Of course. And the Dermstrang Institute, which is technically like from Scandinavia. Oh, okay. Kind of region. Up there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have Bobatons, Drumsdrang, and Hogwarts. So only students over age 17 are permitted to enter this tournament, and there are spells to prevent underage wizards from putting their names into the Goblet of Fire, which is the impartial judge for the Triwizard Tournament chooses each student um, and it chooses which students will represent their respective schools. Okay. After the students have finished placing their names in the goblet, the goblet then chooses one student from each school by spitting out their name in a rush of red flames. And once chosen, the participants are subject to a binding magical contract that they cannot back out of the tournament. So not, let me guess, Harry Potter gets picked for this. <laughs> wow. Am I? Yeah. Am I right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, somehow. Someone so, some weird has tricked the Goblet of Fire <gasps> into also naming Harry Potter a contestant. Because at this point, he's he's like he's like fourteen. 14. Yeah, he's not. He shouldn't be permitted to enter. No. Um. So you have four wizards in the Tribe Wizard Tournament. You have Fleur Delacour from Bobaton, uh, Victor Crumb from Durmstrang, and both. Uh, Kedrick Diggory and Harry Potter from Hogwarts. Okay. Okay. So they do a series of challenges over this over the whole span of the year, which culminates in a final task called a, which is ends up being a hedge maze. Okay. So inside the maze, Harry actually saves Kedrick from another contestant who has been bewitched. And working together, both Kedrick and Harry reach the cup. They agree to touch it at the same time so that they can be the co-champions of Hogwarts. But <gasps> they unwittingly find out that the that the Triwizard Tournament Cup is a port key what? that has been hexed and it transports them to a graveyard. What? There, Peter Pettigrew. Oh man, I thought servant, we got rid of him. No, he's he's he escaped. Did he really? He yeah, oh, he escaped. Damn. Sorry. Is he still a rat? Uh no, he's a human. He's a human person. No. Okay. Yeah. So Peter Pettigrew, who is acting as a servant of Voldemort, sure. instantly kills Kedrick. Are you serious? He, yes. Bam. Kedrick's dead. Everybody Whoa. is very upset about no, this death. Not Kedrick. Um, so Pettigrew kills him. He uses Harry's blood along with his God. own hand and a bone from Voldemort's real life father, <gasps> which is why they're in a graveyard. So they're using this really dark magic spell 
They use a bit, they cut Harry's arm open, use some of <gasps> his blood, put it in this. Peter Pettigrew cuts his own hand off because it's like, you know, part of it's like the servant, hand of a servant. Ew. And then they use a bone from the graveyard from um, Lord of Voldemort's real dad and put that in there. They're able to resurrect Lord Voldemort. Get out of here. Dark magic. <sighs> so... Uh, Voldemort summons um, his followers, which are called Death Eaters. Ooh. They use something called a dark mark, which is actually kind of like a tattoo on their skin. Okay. And when Lord Voldemort presses his dark mark, the rest of them, like it either glows or, you know, yeah, whatever. They, and they know that they're supposed to go assemble. to him and assemble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the Death Eaters were, um, in, you know, in the past, they were followers of Lord Voldemort who were primarily wizards and witches who were radical pure blood supremacists. Oh. They practice the dark arts with reckless abandon and without regard to or fear of the wizarding law. Oh my God, Jewel. Nazis again. Yeah, basically. Oh yeah. my gosh. Nazis yeah, are everywhere. Circling. Yeah. I'm aghast. Okay, continue. Here they are in our beautiful children's book. <laughs> and there are Nazis in here too. <laughs> Damn you, Nazis. So uh, Voldemort, he, first he starts like yelling at them because um, they, you know, he's berating them for thinking he was dead. Um, and Wait, then he, he wasn't re- dead. He he uh, he was in a supremely weakened state. Okay. Oh yeah, because he was in the back mm-hmm. of that guy's head. Yeah. All right. So um, so he's mad that they thought he was dead. He's mad that they thought he was dead, and okay. that they weren't, you know, just waiting for him, waiting for the Dark Lord Trust to come him, back yeah. to them. Uh, so he reveals that he had a single faithful servant concealed at Hogwarts who had been working to ensure that Harry would make it there to the graveyard Get at out of the here. end of this tournament. And then he forces Harry to duel him. Well, However... He's 14. I know, right? Well, it, when Voldemort tried to kill... Harry, mm-hmm. the curse, you know, rebounded off of Harry because he was protected by his mother's love. By love so yeah. now Voldemort needs to defeat this, sure. this young child yeah, who he's gonna grow was powerful up and... enough to defeat him. Yeah. Um, so when Voldemort and Harry fire curses at each other, their wands connect. Uh-oh. Like they're... Yeah. Like they're... It's they're like shooting sh- a gun and then the bullets like yeah, hit each other in the middle. Because in, in each of their wands is they have an identical core, which is a feather from a phoenix, one okay. specific phoenix. So okay. uh, wand lore is like its own crazy thing sure. in the world. No, but I get it. Anyway, so Voldemort's wand releases the most recent spells that it performed, resulting in imprints of his last victims appearing in the graveyard, including the ghosts of Harry's parents, who <gasps> provided distractions so that Harry can escape back to Hogwarts inc- using the port key. And he takes yeah. Hedrick's body back with him. And a lot of people do not believe Harry and Dumbledore about Voldemort's return. So he comes back and he's like, first he's holding a dead body. Yeah, then, one. Uh, he's like, Lord Voldemort's back. And people are like, Pfft. like they didn't believe that he's holding a 17 year old boy yeah. in his arms. Yeah. A dead boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Foolish. So this is a sad, a sad long book. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about something a little lighter. The okay. care and study of magical creatures. Uh, so um, one of the major animals in the wizarding world are owls. Mm-hmm. Um, so owls appear to understand magical people speaking English and they can communicate with wizards and witches. And owls are trained to carry letters and they have a natural affinity to magic. And Harry's owl Hedwig is one of the most prominent examples in the series. Okay. Um, magizoology is the study of magical creatures. Oh, so that's kind cute. of funny. Like cryptozoology yeah. but in the magic world so um wizards and witches in this field are referred to as magizoologists mm-hmm. um this is elaborated further in the book fantastic beasts and where to find them um, oh okay. both the book and the movie so sure. it's pretty good I okay know, i really saw, really liked it 
Um, so you have dragons too. In sure, this, of course. In this world, um, they are giant, winged, fire-breathing reptilian creatures that are able to fly and breathe fire through their nostrils and mouths. And Great. they are one of the most dangerous and hardest to conceal creatures in the wizard. I world. can imagine they're very big. Um, we have a hippogriff. That's a magical creature that has the front legs, wings, and head of a giant eagle, and the okay. body, hind legs, and tail of a horse. And when humans approach hippogriffs, a proper etiquette must be maintained to avoid danger. Okay. Hippogriffs are intensely proud creatures, and an individual must show proper respect by bowing to them and waiting for them to bow in return before approaching. Okay. Eye contact must be maintained at all times without a single blink. <gasps> and the hippogriff should be allowed to make the first move, since this is polite. If offended, it may attack you. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a, stress a real that. big ritual involved in that. Um, we also have centaurs. So mm. similar to, you know, Greek mythology. A uh, centaur is a magical creature whose head, torso, and arms are human, appear to be human, mm. and are joined to a horse's body. They are, however, their own species and are not any kind of half-breed. Okay. And despite possessing human intelligence, centaurs are classified as beasts by the Ministry of Magic at mm. their own request. And oh, okay. they should be, should be treated with respect. Um, we also have mer people. Yeah. Mer people. They're not pretty. They're not they're pretty not, they're gross. mermaids. Yeah, they look like creepy, scaly fish with faces. Well, traditionally, yeah. that's what mer people are. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't hot no. ladies no. with bare breasts. They Sorry, were gross. Everyone. If herpes. you lived in this world, you would not be wearing your t shirt that says, like, I just want to be a mermaid. Yeah. So, um, mer people are found all over the world. Their customs and habits are mysterious and like the centaurs were offered the being status but refused in favor of being called a beast. Um, people can breathe above the water for a time but it's unclear if they ever truly leave their habitat mm. and they should be treated with respect. And they speak mermish. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, that's good. Um, we have the phoenix which we've sure. um, mentioned before. So that's a large swan-sized scarlet bird with red and gold plumage along with a golden beak and talons, black eyes and a tail as long as a peacock's. Cool. Its scarlet feathers glow faintly in darkness while its golden tail feathers are hot to the touch and it periodically bursts into flames when its body becomes old and it rises from the ashes as a newborn chick and this event is called burning day Aww, <laughs> that's nice yeah so phoenixes are very powerful um, they have the ability to take the full force of a killing curse and still be reborn wow. and in the book the most well known example is fox who is the phoenix of Dumbledore mm-hmm. okay. um, we have a thestral uh, that is a breed of winged horse with a skeletal body, a face with reptilian features, and wide leathery wings that resemble a bat's. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> They're very rare, and they are considered dangerous by the Ministry of Magic. Um, Thestrals are undeservedly known as omens of misfortune and aggression by many wizards because they are visible only to those who have witnessed death at least once. Oh, um, wow. So... Uh, it is a method of transport. So they have these carriages that take the students up from the train station up to the castle. Sure. And your first couple of years there, the students are like, yeah, we're riding these carriages that they're just like magically being pulled up to the castle. But later on, once some of the people witness death, they see that there are actually these creatures moving the that's so yeah. metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're that's so it, metal. They're a very interesting creature. That's cool. Um, we have an acromantula, which is a species of giant spider. Ew. Um, they have eight black eyes. Oh, uh, they're covered in thick black hair. No. They have a leg span that can reach up to 15 feet. Um, they possess a set of giant um, pincers that they use to eat live prey or their own dead kin. Um, and their pincers produce a clicking sound when they're agitated or excited. So yeah, there's there's ew, some scenes ew. in the movies that like you know that the acromantula <laughs> are around because you hear I don't like it. 
the clicking. Um, and their fangs contain highly toxic, valuable venom. Um, and in the series, Hagrid raised um, an acromantula named Aragog at Hogwarts and then released him into the forest. Oh, so, God. yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, a basilisk, which is a giant serpent bred by dark wizards. And looking a basilisk directly in the eye will immediately kill the victim, though indirect contact will merely render them petrified. Sure. A basilisk uh, can grow up to 50 feet in length. Um, okay. It's a dark green color with large yellow eyes, and they, you know, they eyes have the power to kill anyone that looks at them sure um basilisk skin is armored like that of a dragon and it, so it deflects spells cast upon it oh, and the basilisk does shed its skin at intervals when it grows sure so like a regular you might ethnic. see some basilisk like shedded molted skin it's kind of ugh. man anyway okay book five Okay. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. This comes out in 2003. So this follows Harry Potter's struggles through his fifth year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, including the return of Lord Voldemort, exams, and an obstructive ministry of magic. Uh, so the Order of the Phoenix, it is a secret organization founded by Dumbledore to fight Lord Voldemort and his followers. Nice. The, name the Death Eaters. So members of the Order include um, a fellow named Mad-Eye Moody, uh, Remus Lupin, who's that you know werewolf guy, mm-hmm. uh, Sirius Black, uh, the Weasleys, who are Ron's parents, um, Hagrid, um, a couple of the professors at Hogwarts, including sure. Professor McGonagall, and some other really good guys. So Harry learns in this book that his mind is actually somehow connected to Voldemort's. Um, he what? sees visions of bad things Voldemort has done, and his scar burns when Voldemort is mad. So um, Harry is supposed to take lessons with with uh, Snape to learn how to block his mind from being read, but he doesn't like Snape, and he doesn't like being around Snape, and he sure. is like... Like, no, I don't, you know, I don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. Um, On the last day of exams, Harry has a vision of Sirius, his godfather, Sirius Black, being tortured by Voldemort in the Department of Mysteries at the Ministry of Magic. So um, he is like, we have to go save him. So he goes to the Department of Mysteries with five of his friends. So you have Ron, Hermione, Ginny Weasley, Luna Lovegood, and Neville Longbottom. Um, Harry, you know, they get there and they're looking for Sirius. They're like, Lord Voldemort's here. He's trying to you know, kill Sirius. Um, they realized that this vision was actually falsely planted into his brain by Voldemort because Voldemort realizes that they're, you know, yeah, they're they connected. had some connection. So he's going to fail his exams and then make all of his <laughs> friends fail their exams too. Nice also, job, Harry. Also, they've just been tricked to going to the Department of Mysteries. Mm. Oh no. So, um, Harry finds a glass sphere that bears both his and Voldemort's name written on it. Um, and so he picks this up. Then Death Eaters attack the student <gasps> wizards in order to capture the sphere. No. It's a recording of a prophecy concerning Harry and Lord Voldemort. Okay. That is revealed to be the object that Voldemort has been trying to obtain all year long. Okay. It's the prophecy. It's the prophecy. Okay. So Voldemort believed that um, there's something something within the prophecy um, that he could find out and use it to defeat Harry Potter. Okay. So... Um, Lucius Malfoy, who's uh, Harry's enemy's dad. Okay. He's a bad All right, guy. I got you. Um, he explains that, the, that only the subjects of the prophecies, in this case, Harry or Voldemort, would be able to remove them from the shelves, which is why Voldemort needed Harry to get to there oh, to see. remove okay, it. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, this is a very complicated Wait. story. Yes. Is Harry, spoiler alert, is Harry Voldemort's son? No. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll get it. Keep going. Yeah, I'll get it. Um, so what happens with the with the prophecy is basically um, there is a seer, 
and they, you know, they get these prophecies and they say them and then they're recorded. So this prophecy basically said that um, Lord Lord Voldemort would, the Dark Lord would only be destroyed by a boy born in the, you know, the seventh month of whatever year. Yeah. So that basically narrowed it down to like Harry Potter and another boy, which you'll find out later. So Lord Voldemort thought that Harry Potter was the boy that he needed to defeat in order to stay in power, which is sure. why he went after James and Lily Potter. I and then to kill so that his they wouldn't have the baby. Because he yep. wanted to um, prevent this, uh, you know, he wanted to f- basically fulfill the prophecy by killing the the boy. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So, sure. yeah, it's, it's a little messy, but. Um, so there's a heated fight there at okay. the Department of Ministries. Um, Neville accidentally kicks or smashes the prophecy. So it it's this glass sphere. Once it's smashed, you never hear the prophecy ever again because it's been it's been broken. Okay. Um, and Harry and the friend Harry and his friends are soon joined by members of the Order of the Phoenix, the good guys. Um, they enter a battle with the Death Eaters there, during which Bellatrix Lestrange. <gasps> She's a real bitch. Um, she kills Sirius Black. Oh. And then Voldemort himself arrives to kill Harry. But Dumbledore rescues and climatically fights the Dark Lord to a stalemate. Okay. In the midst of the duel, Voldemort unsuccessfully tries to possess Harry in an attempt to get Dumbledore to kill the boy. Oh, my God. Um, but then he just escapes as Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, appears, finally faced with first-hand evidence that Voldemort has truly returned. Well, geez, it only took like a book and a half. But, yeah, Fudge. Yeah, yeah. He's a properly named because he sounds dumb. Head. He's yeah. a bit of a He seems head. dumb. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna teach you about Quidditch now. Okay, I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> So uh, is it as complicated as the British game of cricket? Because oh, perhaps I don't know if I can. So <laughs> I don't know if I can. I can do it. Yeah. So uh, Quidditch is the official sport of the Wizarding World. Sure. Um, Quidditch pitches are typically in the shape of an oval. They're about 500 feet long and 180 feet wide, with a small central circle of approximately two feet in diameter, from which all of the balls are released at the start of the game. At each end of the arena, there are three hooped goalposts of different heights, surrounded by a scoring area area and quidditch is an aerial sport so quidditch pitches usually feature spectator seating at high vantage points like in towers or encircling platforms the game is played by two teams of seven people so each team has three chasers two beaters one keeper and one seeker and it involves four balls a quaffle two bludgers and a golden snitch stop it stop (laughs) it right now these are words (laughs) These are uh, these words are so British. It's a little so bit British. of levity throughout the series. Okay, sure, sure, sure. It's, it's yeah. entertaining. No, it's a kid's book. I get so, it. So uh, the keeper guards the goalposts. The mm. three chasers score goals with the quaffle by tossing it into one of the opposing team's three goal like hoops. Hoops. Okay. And the two beaters uh, keep bludgers away from their team and hit the bludgers toward opposing um, team members. So the bludger is like uh, dodgeball. Yeah, basically, okay. you're like trying to like knock people off their brooms or you know. I keep get it them from hitting your own teammates and the seeker catches the golden snitch to end the game once the snitch has been caught the game is over okay so the object of the game is to score more points than your opponent each goal is worth 10 points and catching the snitch is worth 150 points so the game ends when the snitch is caught or an agreement is reached between captains of both teams and some games can go on for many days if the snitch isn't caught Jeez, so it's very that. small it's probably the, the size of a walnut and it okay. has like two very fast like hummingbird wings and once the game is like set to go and the balls are released into the air. The golden snitch will just like fly around all crazy. Like, and you know, you, 
the seeker is basically keeping an eye out for it the whole game. So you basically okay. lose sight of the snitch like, like early on. So you might like yeah. fly up really, really high and try to see it. Or you might think your opponent has seen it and you want to beat them to it. So okay. it's... It's visually, it's very no. I'm sure it's, it's cool, entertaining. But um, I all I can think of is <laughs> I went to Syracuse University, my safety school, and <laughs> <laughs> kidding. No, it was the only school I applied to, and um, I have seen college kids, and Syracuse is mm-hmm. not the only place playing Quidditch yeah. on the quad, running around, and it is it is the lamest, dumbest <laughs> looking thing, and the and in real life. Obviously, no one's yeah. flying. It would be way cooler if they were flying. Yeah, but instead, it's just a bunch of dummies with brooms between their legs running around. And then instead of, obviously, you can't like make a golden snitch, so yeah. someone plays the golden <laughs> snitch. So it's like just a guy in a like yellow paint- shirt. Oh, he's not like painted. Yeah, he's like painted, painted gold, gold, and he's got like a yellow <laughs> shirt. And he's all he does is just run, like tear <laughs> ass all over the place. It's the dumbest oh. thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And I would, in between classes, I would stand in the corner of the quad and just laugh my ass off at these people. I mean, it seemed like it was super fun. Yeah. Like if they I were had, having fun. Yeah. If I had like, like a smidge less dignity, I'd and be like, like two more glasses of alcohol. Yeah, I would be like, get that. Give me that yellow shirt. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the snitch today. And you just like go off. Yeah. From like, you know, just walk you go away. shopping at Destiny Go down to Marshall USA. Street and yeah. Covered in gold paint, have a drink at varsity and just like hang out at the bar. What are you doing? Oh, I'm the snitch. They got playing a game up Cheers. the quad. They can't find me. <laughs> Jerks. That's really anyway. funny. I didn't realize that a person played the snitch. Yeah, a person when plays you play the it snitch. It's so person. dumb looking. It's really funny. Oh, man. Book six. We're almost toward the end. Man, so this got- is really intense. <laughs> Lauren, this is like. This is like 4,000 pages of content that I'm trying to I know condense. you're trying to get to me. And you know what? I appreciate it. And I know that there's a ton of like fanfic that went around yeah. this too, where wow. people are like all sorts of sh- relationships yeah. and like Ron and it funny? Just, yeah. Ron and Harry and like very compromising uh, positions. That does not happen in the, no, it doesn't happen yeah. in, the, in the actual yeah. like canon. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Anyway, book six. Book six, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh-oh. Mm, what a, What's what an half? interesting title. So this is comes out in 2005. This is set during Harry Potter's sixth year at Hogwarts. And this one explores the past of Harry's nemesis, Lord Voldemort. Ooh, okay. And Harry's preparations for the final battle against Voldemort alongside headmaster and mentor... Albus Dumbledore. Harry now excels in the potions class thanks to having received a used potions textbook that once belonged to someone named the Half-Blood Prince who is a mysterious former student who wrote numerous tips and spells in his potions textbook that Harry uses to achieve superb results. Hmm. Believing that Harry needs to learn Voldemort's past in order to gain advantage in the forthcoming battle, Dumbledore schedules regular meetings with Harry in his office. And during this time, Dumbledore and Harry use Dumbledore's Pensieve, which which is a stone basin used to to review memories. Okay. Um, so they're looking at the memories of those who have had direct contact with Voldemort. Harry learns about Voldemort's family and his foe's evolution into a murderer, obsessed not only with power, but with gaining eternal life. Sure. So Dumbledore shows Harry a memory involving the newly appointed potions teacher, Horace Slughorn. Uh, it shows a memory of him conversing with a younger Tom Riddle while at Hogwarts. And the memory has clearly been tampered with. Hmm. So um, when someone uh, gives their memory, they take like a wand and they uh, uh, they press it to their temple and they think of the memory that they want to either give to somebody 
were put into their own pen sieve and they draw it back out and it's kind of like a long silvery strand. Okay. And then they're able to like put it in a bottle or something and then there dump it, it into the pen sieve. And so it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like archives. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Archives. Yeah. So, um, so Harry is tasked with getting the real memory from Slughorn because the one that he, that Dumbledore has, has been t- tampered with. So what happened was that Slughorn told Tom Riddle about the process of splitting one's soul and hiding it into several objects called horcruxes. Horcruxes. Okay. So only by committing a murder can a wizard <gasps> turn an object into a horcrux. And Voldemort has created six of them. Holy making himself virtually immortal by placing a piece of his soul in each and keeping the seventh and last one within his body. Oh my God. So Dumbledore explains that in order to destroy Voldemort, all of the Horcruxes must first be destroyed. Oh man. So, um, uh, two Horcruxes. So Tom Riddle's diary from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That turns out that was a Horcrux. Oh, wow. Um, and also a ring belonging to Voldemort's grandfather named Marvolo Gaunt. Um, that has already also been destroyed. But there are still four others out there. Huh. So near the end of the year, Harry and Dumbledore journey to a cave to retrieve a suspected Horcrux. Slytherin's Locket. That's what they think it is. It's from um, one of the founders of Hogwarts named, you know. Uh, yeah. Salazar Slytherin, his locket. Okay. So Dumbledore expertly finds a secret passageway to a large pitch black underground lake, which Harry and Dumbledore cross in a small boat to an island in the center. The locket is at the bottom of a basin and can only be reached by drinking the potion above it. Oh so Harry helps Dumbledore, who drinks the potion, and though Dumbledore is severely weakened, together they manage to fight off Voldemort's um, Inferi, who are corpses controlled through a dark wizard's spell. So the lake is full of dead of, oh. of Inferi. No, kind of I don't like, like that it. marsh of dead bodies in Lord of the Rings too. It's oh, like that, yes. but these people are like, but these are like controlled by the spells. Oh my god! Um, so uh, Harry and Dumbledore take the locket and they return to find that the dark mark, which is how Voldemort summons his followers, mm-hmm. has been um, set off over <gasps> the tower, over the highest tower at Hogwarts in their absence. So Harry and Dumbledore ascend the tower and they are ambushed by Draco Malfoy. Who's a student again? who's oh, yeah, Harry's he's the nemesis. bad guy's the blonde yeah. kid. Um, yeah. The blonde kid. Yeah. Um, so Draco Malfoy is accompanied by Death Eaters that he helped to get inside Hogwarts. Dumbledore freezes Harry. So Harry is under his invisibility cloak. The Death Eaters don't know he's there. Just Dumbledore's there. So instead of protecting himself, instead of protecting Dumbledore himself, oh, no. he uses his last spell to freeze Harry. No. And in that time. No. Draco is able to disarm Dumbledore of his wand no. and then threatens to kill him, which turns out to have been his mission that he was given by Voldemort. Draco is unable to go through with it, though. Okay. Severus Snape arrives. <gasps> no. And he casts the spell to kill Dumbledore instead. No! Not my Alan Rickman! Yes. No. Snape kills Dumbledore. Get out of here. Snape kills Dumbledore? Yes. Why? Why? Okay, we, well, I'll we find, find out. out. Yeah. Yes, we find out. No, but he's um, just a nice old man. So Harry, so there's a big battle going on inside Hogwarts. Like there's Death Eaters there. Yeah. Um, the, you know, some of Harry's friends and the Order of the Phoenix are there trying to get rid of these Death Eaters. Um, Harry ignores the battle that's happening and he, and he's running after Snape. He's trying to run after him. Yeah, of So course. Snape successfully fights Harry off and reveals that he is the half-blood prince. So what uh, turns out that Snape's like mom's main name was Prince and oh. Snape was like bullied throughout his life. Sure. And he was very like, um, he was good at school, yeah. but he was always like picked on and everything. And so he decided to kind of give himself a nickname and it made him feel better to call himself a, a half blood prince. prince. 
Yeah, in his in his textbook. So um, Harry finds out that Snape was that the half blood prince all along. Oh, so geez. right now, everybody's like, "How could Severus Snape kill Dumbledore? Yeah, he was like, the best. Like what? Like every everybody reading these books." Yeah, we're all myself like included. Horrified because I got it. I was in England when it came out. Oh um, man! And I got the book, and it, and a bunch of my friends there got the books as well. And we were like, okay, we're just gonna go to our rooms now and read and instead read of night. going to the yeah. pub and drinking for the next four days. Yep. Catch you guys. Catch you guys in On four the flip days. Yeah, yeah, and we're just like shocked. So, um, so Draco Malfoy and the Death Eaters and and Snape escape. So right now we think. Oh my God, all along. The We've whole been time. Being tripped. We've been oh. being tricked. Snape is, Snape is, is a, a bad is guy. a minion of yeah. Dumbledore, not Dumbledore, sorry. Yeah. Voldemort. Voldemort, yeah. Yeah. So at this point, we know kind of who is a bad guy and who's a good guy. Yeah, hell yeah. Or we think we do. Because <gasps> right now, we really think that Snape is well, a bad guy. Well, he killed Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's a bad guy. Yep. Um, so some of the bad guys include he who must not be named sure also known as lord voldemort mm-hmm. aka tom riddle um then we have the death eaters so people like Lucius malfoy the lestranges fenrir grayback who is a werewolf and a very bad werewolf <laughs> one um a guy named barty crouch jr and many others and the good guys include uh, a lot of the order of the phoenix and then um some students within hogwarts who have banded together Sure. Yes. Okay. So, um, we have some charms and spells to teach Ooh, okay. you. So um, okay. frequently referenced spells within the series. So the unforgivable curses are three of the most powerful and sinister spells known to the wizarding world. They are mm-hmm. tools of the dark arts and were first classified as unforgivable in 1717 with strict penalties attached to their use. Oh my gosh. So the first one is the Avadra Kedavra or the killing curse. Oh my God. Okay. Unforgivable. Yeah, absolutely. Unforgivable. No, yeah, you go right to jail. Um, you have Imperio, which is the imperious curse. So when cast successfully, the curse places the victim completely under the caster's control, though a person with exceptional strength of will is capable of resisting it. So um, it's kind of like um, brainwashing somebody. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Crucio, which is the Cruciatus curse, also known as the torture curse. <gasps> so when, the ca- when cast successfully, the curse inflicts intense excruciating pain on the victim. Oh, no. So those three are the unforgivable curses. Yeah, understandable. Um, some other ones really quickly. So Expelliarmus is the disarming charm. So it causes whatever the victim is holding to fly away. And if used too forcefully, it can knock someone out. Mm-hmm. Um, you've stupefy, which is the stunning spell. Um, okay. It renders a victim unconscious and halts moving objects. You have Accio, which is a summoning charm. So if I wanted some more wine right now, I would say Accio wine bottle. Mm. And then it would come over to me. That'd be nice. Be summing it. Um, you have Expecto Patronum, which is a Patronus charm. So that's a defensive spell which conjures a spirit-like incarnation of positive emotions to defend against dark creatures. Okay. And it can also send messages to other witches or wizards. And it seems that one's Patronus will take the form of something important to the caster. And it's usually an animal. Okay. And then the Horcrux curse, which we just kind of talked about. So this spell allows a part of a wizard's soul to pass into an object, thereby making the object a Horcrux. Okay. So one has to commit murder and take advantage of the souls splitting apart by the supreme act of evil in order to be able to f- perform this spell. And it's very complex and not written about much. I say, okay. That sounds good. Then we have a fun spell. Um you could do this if you have an if you have an Android phone. You can do this. Oh my gosh! Um, get out of here. You can do this right now. So you get your phone out, and where it has the Google thing and the little microphone, you just press the microphone, and then you say, "Lumos." 
and then your flashlight oh turns on. <laughs> Yay! So that scared, that actually went right into my eyeball, but oh, um, no, it's okay. <laughs> No, it made it way more effective. So if you have a Google phone, you can use that. Turn on the light is Lumos. And if you want to turn it off, Knox. And Knox turns it off. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for blinding you. No, that's okay. That was cute. Okay. Last book. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Oh, man. This is 2007. I remember this. Yes. I was, is I, that when you were working at Schmarns and that Bobel? party. I, I was at Schmarns and Bobble. <laughs> there were a lot of people there. People were just, thr- I was at work the cash register because every mm. cash thing was open. And kids would literally just crumple a 20 in their hands and throw it at my face and run out the, out the door. out the door to get Even home. though they got like $2 and, you know, 96 cents so left. So you made a like, lot of cash that day. Well, we weren't allowed to take tips. Aww. So it just all went, you know, because there were definitely, like people <laughs> were just moving so quickly that their their registers were not even out at the end yeah. of the day, let's just say. Oh, man. But yeah, kids were very excited about this. Okay. So... Uh, is it was hard to condense this to a summary? Sure, and I'm, and I'm sorry. No, it's a okay. it's a long book. I hear. So um, the events in this are directly following the previous book. There's no like break in the middle. Sure, and this is the final confrontation between Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort. So this book gives the previously concealed backstory of several main characters. Oh my god! The title of the book refers to three mythical objects featured in the story, collectively known as the Deathly Hallows. These okay. are an unbeatable wand a stone that brings the dead to life and a cloak of invisibility. Okay. With Dumbledore dead, Harry, Hermione, and Ron go on a mission to destroy the remaining Horcruxes. So as the number seven is a powerful number in magic, Voldemort intended to split his soul into that many pieces with six Horcruxes and the last piece staying in his own body. Mm-hmm. Voldemort and the Death Eaters are starting to take over the wizarding world and they are also having bad effects on the Muggle world as well. Uh oh. Lots of stuff happens in this book. Um, in the previous book, we noted that Tom Riddle's diary and the ring of his mother's family were two destroyed horcruxes. The remaining ones end up being Helga Hufflepuff's cup. Okay. A slocket from... A slocket? A slocket from <laughs> Salazar Slytherin. Leave Tell me what a slocket, a slocket is. <laughs> a locket from Salazar Slytherin. Rowena Ravenclaw's diadem, which is like a tiara. Oh, yeah. And then also Voldemort's pet snake, Nagini. Okay. So... Oh, also Harry Potter is a horcrux. Uh, when Vo- <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Accidentally, uh, when Voldemort attempted to murder Harry, he inadvertently sealed a fragment of his soul within him in a manner similar to a horcrux. So, um, uh, Julia, this sounds uh, like a main plot point that you just <laughs> tossed off. We just found out. Like, we just find out okay. in this book. All right. So, um, and remember that I, m- I mentioned the Deathly Hallows. So, okay. he who owns all three becomes the master of death. So, Voldemort thought that he would not only be a due to all of his horcruxes but he wanted the elder wand which is a wand that can never be defeated at the very end there's the battle of hogwarts the death eaters and voldemort and giants and trolls and all kinds of bad guys are against the members of the order of the phoenix and the student-run dumbledore's army and other teachers who stayed to fight harry is compelled to surrender to voldemort to save everyone else and harry accepts his death and goes to the forbidden forest to allow voldemort to kill him voldemort uses the killing curse and Harry does not defend himself. Uh-oh. Harry goes to like a weird purgatory where dead Dumbledore explains a lot of this to Harry, um, who then chooses to return to fight and in the real world has to pretend to be dead. Okay. So Harry doesn't die. Do you know what happened when Voldemort did this killing curse? He actually killed the piece of his own soul that was inside of him. How Harry. convenient. Yeah. So um, Voldemort calls a truce to the war he he's he's like stop killing stop spilling the pure blood of wizards mm-hmm. um he returns he he has hagrid carry harry's body 
to the wizards fighting at Hogwarts, and he offers to spare most of the defenders if they surrender. Neville Longbottom, who was instructed to do this, pulls out the sword of Gryffindor <gasps> from the sorting hat, which it magically appears, um, and he uses it to behead the snake, which Ooh. leaves Voldemort unprotected. <gasps> and Harry escapes under his invisibility cloak as the battle resumes. Harry reveals to everybody that he is still alive. He explains to Voldemort that the Elder Wand's loyalty transfers upon the defeat, but not necessarily the killing of its previous master. So Voldemort um, thought that Dumbledore had the Elder Wand. And then by killing, by Snape killing Dumbledore, Snape then had the Elder Wand. And that by Voldemort killing Snape, then Voldemort got the Elder Wand. So he thought, you know, all yeah, this. yeah, all this stuff. But turns out what happened was Snape was never the Elder Wand's master. Instead, Draco Malfoy inadvertently was the owner of the Elder Wand at a point in time because he disarmed Dumbledore at the top of the tower. Oh, right, right, right. So, so wait, wait, Snape's dead? Snape's dead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. So then like at another point in time, Harry got the wand from Draco. Anyway, so Voldemort never had the what? Elder Wand. This okay. is important. So um, Harry and Voldemort have a duel. And Harry believes that their duel will depend on whether or not the Elder Wand recognizes Harry to be its new master after he disarmed Draco at Malfoy Manor weeks prior. I see. Voldemort attempts one final killing curse on Harry, but the Elder Wand refuses to act against Harry, and the spell rebounds, killing Voldemort at last. Yay! Yay. Voldemort's really dead. He's Woo. really, really dead at this point. Is he really so dead? So okay. they, they destroyed all the Horcruxes. Sure. Um the last bit of it was actually in within Harry. Sure. But Voldemort killed that. So okay. great. Uh, so Voldemort, he's dead. He's okay. dead. Okay. Yay. 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 So uh, quick rundown who dies, like major characters who die throughout the course of the series. You have James and Lily Potter, Sirius Black, Dumbledore, Mad-Eye Moody, Dobby the Elf, Fred Weasley, Remus Lupin, Nifvador Tonks, and many others. Um Who ends up with who? The epilogue is set in King's Cross Station 19 Mm. years later, which turns out to be 2017. Um, So Harry Potter marries Ginny Weasley. Sure. Who's Ron's sister. Um, Their children are James Sirius, Albus Severus, and Lily Luna. And then Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger end up getting married, and they have two children named Rose and Hugo. The final book in the series, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, became the fastest selling book in history, mm-hmm. moved 11 million units in the first 24 hours yeah. of its release. And in total, the Harry Potter series spanned 36 years, beginning in 1981 and ending in 2017. Okay, wait, I have some, <laughs> some, I have some questions. Why did Snape kill Dumbledore? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, this it's is fine. important. So, turns out Snape loved Lily, who was Harry's mother. Oh. He loved her so much. Oh, that's sweet. And he wanted to do anything he could to protect her. Like they were friends and then she, you know, started dating James Potter mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And he never stopped loving Lily. Okay. So Snape turned out that he joined um he joined the Death Eaters at one point, but Dumbledore got him to turn back once he found out that Voldemort had killed Lily Potter. So oh, okay. basically, like Snape seems to hate Harry like throughout all this series, but a bit of him loves Harry because oh, he's okay. part his mother is still part yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. So um Dumbledore had gotten very sick. Um, at least a couple of the curses that, you know, he experienced in like books five and six like really weakened him. So he instructed Snape that if he ever needed to kill him, that he should. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This it's is okay. so this is so messy. Um, Draco Malfoy 
um, had been tasked by Voldemort to kill Dumbledore. Okay. But <sighs> Dumbledore didn't want a student to be the person to kill him. Okay. So he had Snape, Snape kill him. like promise that he would help uh, Draco Malf- Malfoy instead. So okay. basically it Snape like- ended up killing Dumbledore under his own instructions. Okay. All right. All right. And um, secondly, not really a question. Mm. It's more of a, so Dobby, the house Dobby elf. Dobby, the house elf. Yeah. Okay, so I, full disclosure, I did see the final movie. Okay. Not, not, not the final book split into two movies. Yeah. The final movie of so the two movies. So like 7B. I had no idea what the hell yeah. was going on. Yeah. And I went with friends and it was so dumb. I should have just been like, you know what, guys? I've never read the books. I've never watched the movies. You guys go have a good time. But I went anyway. I had no idea what was going on. But I have a distinct memory of sitting in the movie theater and Dobby is dying. Yeah. And everyone around me is sobbing. And I was like, I don't understand why everyone's so sad about this ugly thing with a weird voice. (laughs) And I said that to my friend afterwards, and she did not think that was a funny joke. She did not. I was like, he's got a weird voice. She shouldn't have brought you. I know. She shouldn't have brought me. I mean, come on. But everyone else was going, eh, whatever. So I'm sure I too, if and when I eventually read the books, I too will cry when Dobby dies. Yeah. But at that moment, I was like, Really? This thing? This, eh. He talks about himself in the third person. That's the most annoying way to talk. <laughs> like, he should have died books ago. Oh, anyway, man. sorry. Sorry, well, Potterheads. Well, that's... That That's was great. my summary for you. Thank you so much. Now I can't. Now I can't be an asshole and be like, um, <laughs> Moogles. Um, What's this mm, about a kid's yeah. book? I'm better than you. No, yeah. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. So at least, um, if uh, you didn't know anything about Harry Potter before, at least you've heard some like names and stuff. Sure. That, like, yeah. Absolutely. If, this, if they say uh, Luna Lovegood at trivia, you know that it's she um, was relating to Harry Potter. Yeah. So okay. Great. Awesome. Thank you. So Julia. all of you people who do love Harry Potter, uh, now's the time to join to join us yeah get back time for the quiz yeah uh this is your ordinary wizarding level in harry potter trivia question one throughout the course of harry's six years at hogwarts one core subject of magical studies was rather unusually taught by six different teachers and hagrid suggests they're starting to think the job's jinxed what is this specific subject that had a very high rate of turnover at hogwarts uh and yet for you show-offs out there can you name them Question two, what is the name of the language of serpents and wizards who can converse with them? Question three, how are your potion making skills? If I follow the directions carefully and mix together fluxweed, knotgrass, lacewing flies, leeches, powdered bicorn horn, shredded boom slang skin, and a bit of the individual to be impersonated, usually a piece of hair, what am I brewing? Question four, the Marauder's Map is a magical document that reveals all of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, showing every classroom, hallway, corner of the castle, inch of the grounds, as well as all the secret passages hidden within the walls and the location of every person at at Hogwarts, portrayed by a labeled dot. Though the map is normally disguised as a blank piece of parchment, what 10-word phrase must a wizard say in order to get it to reveal its secrets and become the Marauder's Map? Question five. A wizard born to two non-magical parents is called a muggle-born. On the flip side, someone born into a wizarding family but who cannot perform magic is called a what? Question six. I'm going to name three book titles and you tell me if they are real-life knockoffs of Harry Potter or fake titles I made up. First, Harry Potter and the Big Funnel. Second, Tanya Grotter and the Magical Double Bass. 
Third, Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Question seven, of what magazine was Xenophilius Lovegood the editor? Question eight, how did Harry Potter communicate with the members of the secret student group Dumbledore's Army or the DA during Harry's fifth year at Hogwarts? Question nine, while in exile and hunting horcruxes in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, what object, a horcrux in need of destruction, caused great pain, negative energy, and a rift between Harry, Hermione, and Ron? And question 10, what are the last three words of the series in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows? I'll give you about a minute to think, and then we'll be back with your answers. Oh my gosh, I have less than no okay. idea. This is well, yeah, this, I mean, this is, isn't for me. This isn't for you. Oh, also, um, just real quick, they were called the Inklings. Wonderful. Done. And it wasn't just the three of them, there was like a bunch over the course of the years, but either awesome. way. Continue. Here we go. Oh my okay. God. So the first question. Uh throughout the course of Harry's six years at Hogwarts, one core ma- one core subject of magical studies was um had a really high rate of turnover. Uh that subject is Defense Against the Dark Arts. Oh, sure. Okay. So during the series, it was taught by Corinus Corwell, Gilderoy Lockhart, Remus Lupin, Mad-Eye Moody, Dolores Umbridge, and Severus Snape. Question two. What is the name of the language of serpents and wizards who can converse with them? Swahili. hey Jumbo. No. <laughs> jumbo, jumbo. Uh, the answer is parcel tongue. Oh, okay. So parcel tongue is, when spoken, a, a hissing sound similar to that of a snake so that normal people cannot understand it. Sure. A wizard who speaks it is called a parcel mouth. Parcel it is mouth. a very uncommon skill and is always hereditary, except for in Harry Potter. And nearly all known parcel mouths are descended from Salazar Slytherin. Oh. It is generally considered a mark of a dark wizard. So Ooh. like if your like best friend was like suddenly talking to snakes outside, like that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. Yeah, you were like, uh oh. Yeah, uh oh. Okay, question three. Uh, if I follow the directions carefully and mix together fluxweed, knotgrass, lacewing flies, leeches, powdered bicorn horn, shredded boomslang skin, and a bit of the individual to be impersonated, usually a piece of hair, what am I brewing? Is this, <laughs> I'm assuming this is some sort of like changeling yeah, something. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Okay, what's it called? It's called polyjuice potion. Polyjuice? Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Um, it takes more than a month to be fully cooked and is considered <laughs> a very complicated potion. Okay. Its taste and appearance depend on the person's good character that is being impersonated. So for example, uh, when uh, at one point in the book, people need to do this for Harry Potter, the potion becomes golden and it tastes very delicious. Good, but um, when they have to impersonate two like lug heads from Slytherin, it's like very gray and lumpy and it tastes really bad. Disgusting. Uh, question four, the Marauder's Map, um, though it's normally disguised as a blank piece of parchment, what 10 word phrase must a wizard say in order to get it to reveal its secrets? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Oh my God. I could have answered that because I see those on tattoos yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. is that, so that's what it's from. Yep. I thought it was like from some like really bad indie rom-com or something. Oh. It's from Harry Potter. Yeah. It's for the Marauder's Map. So, um, and then to hide the contents of the map so that the parchment appears blank again, one must tap it and say, mischief managed. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Question five, a wizard born to two non-magical parents is called a muggle born. And on the flip side, someone born into a wizarding family, but who cannot perform magic is called what? Uh, It's probably something uh, offensive and lame. (laughs) It's called a squib. Squib. Yeah. Squibs are different than muggles by their knowledge of the wizarding world. They are able to see things that are hidden from muggles and certain magical objects and creatures um, can also help them. So Argus Filch and Arabella Fig are two good examples in the series. Okay. Okay. You can answer this question. Question six. I'm going to name three book titles. You tell me if they are real life knockoffs of Harry Potter or fake titles I made up. First, Harry Potter and the Big Funnel. Uh, fake. Uh, this is real. Oh. Um, it's a Chinese um, oh, novel. Okay. <laughs> so Harry has just graduated from Hogwarts. He accepts an internship position at another wizarding school. And sure. the job starts out okay until his students start turning into wooden stools. That sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second one, Tanya Grotter and the Magical Double Bass. I'm going to say fake. This is real. Oh, my God. Uh, Tanya Grotter is Harry's Slavic twin, uh, but she rides a double bass instead of a broomstick. Sure. And she has a large mole on her nose instead of a lightning bolt on her forehead. Poor thing. Uh, she lives in a cupboard in the home of her relatives, the Durnevs, and after her parents are killed after by his after her parents are killed by the evil sorceress, Chuma del Tort. Oh, my gosh. And there are like more than 10 books in the Tanya Grotter serious? series. Give me a break. Is it a parody? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like. It's just like a knockoff. A knockoff. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. And last one, Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. I'm going to say fake. I'm just going to go This is them. also real. Oh, my God. So this one adapts the story of Harry Potter by attempting to explain wizardry through the scientific method. Oh, that sounds super boring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, scientists. Sorry. Well, yeah. you know, they're boring. <laughs> Question seven. <laughs> of what magazine was Xenophilius Lovegood the editor? That's the Quibbler. Mm. Um, it was marketed as the Wizarding World's alternative voice. It's a wizarding tabloid that publishes odd, odd articles, including conspiracy theories and discussions of imaginary creatures. Mm. Uh, lots of wizards think that it's rubbish, but it was the only paper telling the truth about the return of Lord Voldemort in so the 1990s. Uh, question eight how did harry potter communicate with members of the secret student group dumbledore's army during the harry's fifth year at hogwarts cell phone uh it was via enchanted coins so aware that arranging meetings and passing the word about their secret group verbally was not a secure method of communication Mm -hmm. hermione bewitched coins with a protean charm for each member of the da and when activated by harry the numbers on each coin would change to inform the bearer of the time and date of the next meeting okay and in the final book prior to the battle of hogwarts neville uses the da coins to summon members who had left hogwarts or had already graduated Question nine. While in exile and hunting horcruxes, uh, what object uh, caused great pain, negative energy, and a rift between Harry, Hermione, and Ron? 
I don't know. It is the locket of Salazar Slytherin. Oh, geez. the slot, the slocket. The slocket, if you will. Um, so yeah. it was a situation that was very similar to like the One Ring in Lord of the Rings. Like you oh, know, okay. when I, whoever was wearing that ring was like very like yeah, they they turned yeah evil. Yeah, yes. yeah yeah like very negative and mm-hmm. brooding and stuff like that. So the locket was later destroyed by Ron Weasley using the Goblin Maid Sword of Gryffindor, which was imbued with Basilisk venom, which is one of the few substances capable of destroying a Horcrux. Huh. And then finally, what are the last three words of the series? Mom, I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) How good was that joke? How good was that joke? (laughs) Now tell your mom it's not true. No, it's not pregnant. Sorry, mom. No, I'm not. I'm not pregnant. Uh, for you listeners out there, those are the last three words of the Gilmore Girls revival. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, The answer to this is all was well. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's not... I mean, it's not like shocking or anything. Yeah. It's just, that's nice. Yeah, it's sweet. Good. <sighs> Sorry about this quirk. No, guys. It's, uh, there's a lot to it, talk about. If I know anything about people who love Harry Potter, it's they, that love, they love Harry Potter. They just love it so much. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't think that we will get any complaints. Yeah. Hopefully not. Other than by our sound engineer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. All right. So I hope you guys learned a lot. Thanks for listening. Um, You can catch us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and whatever podcast app you prefer with our RSS feed. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We always appreciate it. Please, uh, please be, please be nice. (laughs) No, you can be negative. We don't care. Um, We don't read them anyway. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at Miss InfoPod. You can email us at MissInfoPod at gmail.com and you can visit our website, MissInfoPod.com. We also are on Facebook. We are Misinformation colon a trivia podcast because it seems like there are other misinformations out there. And that seems like misinformation. It is. It's misinformation Mm. about misinformation. We should really We should hunt them down. I mean, (laughs) we should stab them. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.